0: What's happening, folks? This is Hunter Herrett with the Maximize Today podcast, and you are listening to episode six. We are joined by Catherine Finn this week via a phone conversation. It's our very first time recording a phone conversation. Um, In order to figure out how to do this, it took some very uh, interesting Google searches, so it kind of looks like I am uh, becoming an expert in tapping phones, so I might apply for the CIA or the FBI after this. But um, this episode, Catherine and I discuss women in business because... Um, she is a young professional in Chicago, Illinois. She works for Deloitte Consulting. She often uh, commutes to Indianapolis for various projects. She is a, uh, one of my great friends, very bright, um, and very well-versed on this particular subject, amongst many others. Uh, we discuss many pressing issues in the workforce today facing women, and we also talk about um, Twitter, Indiana basketball briefly. And I think you guys will really enjoy this. Um, Hopefully we can do more phone conversations with friends of ours that are spread throughout the country. Enjoy episode six.
1: Call is now being recorded.
2: Catherine, how's it going?
1: Hey, Hunter. Pretty great. How about you?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. All right, everybody. This is Catherine Finn. This is our long-awaited podcast. Um, Catherine, you and I have been... Talking about doing this podcast really since the inaugural episode, isn't that correct?
1: <laughs> that
2: is. Finally. I know. So, um, as I said earlier in the little introduction, this is a phone call. So, it probably is not the same Christmas that you come to expect for Maximize today. You're not getting the $20 Amazon microphone uh, Christmas. <laughs> You're getting the uh, $10 headphone microphone Christmas. So, you know, we apologize, but that's the way things go. So um Catherine, you having a good night tonight? What's going on? Anything good?
1: I'm having a great night tonight. I am in Indianapolis where I travel uh every week recently for work.
2: Awesome. And so before I ask you what project you're working on there, go ahead and tell us where you work, what you do, and kind of explain, you know, just your whole professional life.
1: Awesome, sure. So I am working as a consultant at Deloitte Consulting. Um, I live in Chicago, so it's a little weird that I, I make the drive or the short flight to Indianapolis every week. But as a consultant, we we travel to wherever the the company that we're helping solve technology problems um, for is located. So I'm I'm working in Indianapolis because my client is here, and um, actually ran into. Hunter's parents at the JW Marriott like a month ago had a lovely dinner. It was great,
2: and they were very excited about that. They sent me a text almost immediately, so they were they were very <laughs> excited.
1: It was it was so great to have a little bit of uh, Southern Indiana. So, so
2: you're saying your company solves tech problems if 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 Maximize Today was bigger and more successful, and we were doing a podcast where. You know, we needed to speak to somebody over the phone. You could probably facilitate that better. Like you, you could come in and tell us what to do. Is that correct?
1: Oh yeah, you could do some really cool okay. stuff uh, around monitoring your social media and Perfect. sentiment analysis. Yeah. Like, just give me a call.
2: Okay, okay, all right. Sorry to interrupt. Is there anything else you want to discuss about your role at Deloitte before we get into? That? No,
1: I was just saying the greatest thing about this podcast is my parents might finally understand what I <laughs> what I do now. <laughs>
2: Well, your dad. I see Jerry quite often now. We uh, we mentor together, and we I see him at the gym in the mornings. And he did give me one note on the podcast. He did say that one of the episodes was a little too long, so um, we'll try to keep it low. You know, those baby boomers have a short attention span, so you really gotta you gotta keep, oh, right. gotta keep it short for those guys. You know, they're not like millennials. <laughs> well, you're
1: talking to the <laughs> wrong millennial for concise, but I will do my best.
2: Yeah. I'm not very concise either. So um, we'll just go. We'll see what, happen- what happens. And I should say, um, I'm doing this podcast at my house right now. And we don't have electricity. So um, before I, Catherine and I started recording, I told her I had an excellent joke. So here it comes. I'm saying, we are doing this podcast by candlelight, just like the pilgrims used to do. So. Pretty hilarious. I, know. I just <laughs> wanted everybody to get ready for that joke. I wanted them to sit down so they didn't uh, fall over and pee themselves laughing. So, um, so I've got a little candle and the flashlight to highlight my notes because it's about we're recording this about eight o'clock on a Wednesday. So, um, Captain and I have been messaging back and forth the past week while I was on vacation. So, uh, this is the first day we could do it, and we're very excited to get into it. So, with that being said, um, our main conversation today is. Kind of, you know, very broad, but women in business. So, um, Kathy, if you want to go ahead and get started, you uh, were my obvious first person to talk to about this because I know at IU, you were in the Kelly School, obviously, and you were in the very exclusive women in business uh, group at IU, is that correct?
1: Yes, I was. Um, I was in that with uh, Taylor Refine all four years of college, and it was absolutely incredible just the... The ladies I got to meet and the exposure to corporate America as a college student was pretty incredible. But it was nice to start kind of having those conversations about, you know, what are some of the the really great advantages, but also some of the pitfalls of being a woman in business. Um, we started those conversations young, so the transition from college to life as a consultant in Chicago was definitely helped a lot out a lot by that club
2: yeah the I mean a community is obviously in you know just incredibly important and i I would assume you know it like you said it this was just a nice like just a a little step up to get you right ready to go into the business world because you had you know your peers that were going to the same thing, so you could share your experience with them, and you also probably had you know several professors, teachers, and mentors that kind of got you ready to go to it and I know that mentoring is one of kind of your little passion projects within, you know, your whole, your professional life, and I know that's kind of what we want to focus on today, so um, if you kind of want to get started on that, just talk about how the the importance that mentoring has had in your life so far as you've become a, a new professional in a new city.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so first off, and I know you've read some some books on the subject, so you might Indeed. have heard of this, there's, there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship, um, and yes. I'm very fortunate to have had both, so mentorship i can think of so many great professors at iu um who you know offered me advice anytime i would i would ask for their their guidance on any questions or um kind of helped me figure out where i wanted to <laughs> what i wanted to be when i grew up um, yeah, they were <laughs> always to give me the time of day and i think that's a great mentor but then mm. a sponsor is even more important um because a sponsor is someone who will not only give you that ad- advice and take time for you, but will also talk you up to other people and they'll okay. kind, of advocate kind of go to the back you. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. Perfect.
2: Yeah, and then um in that little lean-in book by Sheryl Sandberg, I think there was a great quote that I um that I wrote down when I was listening to it. Um this is paraphrasing, obviously, because I said I listened to it. I didn't write. I didn't read it. So I, the notes aren't as careful as if I had read it. But um, I think Oprah said this. She said, when I mentor, I am investing what I want to see grow. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, obviously to hear from Oprah, one of the most powerful women or one of the most powerful person, you know, in the world. And I thought that was a kind of a cool way to kind of, you know, put a, like a little definition to it. So I thought that was interesting. And the difference between mentoring and sponsorship is also, um, also fascinating as well. Um, I would kind of, um, I would kind of put a, the sponsorship, men, sponsorship definition into mentoring, but those are just semantics. So that's not really the important part. The important part is, you know, someone advocating for you. So if you want to put that in the mentoring definition, great. If not, no big deal. But so talk about your advocates and your mentors if, you, if you'd like to.
1: Yeah. Um, so I had a several professors in college that I talked about. Professor Professor Tatiana Colavu, um, she's just a I don't know if we can cuss. She was a kick butt oh, woman in my life. Yeah. <laughs> she was kick ass. I love her. Um, Technically, she,
2: our podcast doesn't have that little e next to it, but I don't think anyone's going to get too upset over ass. But maybe they will. So who knows? But <laughs> I, personally, I've been looking for a little bit of a street edge to this podcast. So if we get get some notices from iTunes, I think that would only help our popularity. So. I think you're man. right. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Yes. Kick-ass woman. Um, she was someone I I had for a class and actually, um, was caught texting in her class freshman year. And she <laughs> let me know that that was not professional. And it was probably the the best mistake I ever made because from there a, a great relationship grew. And um, I probably would not have you know gone into consulting and. Uh, had the had the confidence um, to do well in consulting if it if it wasn't for her, and then that was in college at the firm. I've had so many great I'd say sponsors at the firm, both men and women. Um, Deloitte is really well known for kind of their investment in women, um, mm-hmm. so we are consistently ranked really really high in different like surveys about women women uh, leadership and development. So we have our actual CEO of both like our our U.S. larger firm and then the the, the piece of the firm that I'm in. They're both women. Um, one of them, Janet Fowdy, the consulting CEO, is another Hoosier alum. So of course, I love Fantastic. her for that. Um, she's someone that I, I couldn't call her a sponsor because I don't know her very well, but in just terms of, like, an aspirational mentor um, to mm. make it to, you know, that level in business and at our, at our firm. And she's someone who's still very down to, down to earth. Like, her first email to thousands and thousands of people as a CEO was featured in an Adele lyric, so I, I obviously <laughs> imagined that what, as well.
2: What's the lyric?
1: It started off, hello, it's me. And I've loved <laughs> to every
2: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So, yeah, I think having having people spend the time um, and invest in you as well as, you know, really put their skin in the game and, and sponsor you, is, but also having a role model is, is pretty crucial too because you can't, it's much harder to become what you can't see. I don't think yeah, that definitely. was a quote, but it might have been.
2: Well, it could be. And Linda, it's funny that you say it because, because like, like you said, you can't be what you can't see. It's... I saw uh I followed the rock and <laughs> and Lynn Manuel <laughs> on Instagram and twitter and <laughs> don't worry it's coming back concession hour they obviously they obviously did Moana or Moana whatever you pronounce it, and someone had tweeted a picture of a uh uh Polynesian little girl um dressed as Moana, and like it was like the first time she had ever been able to um you know relate to a princess, and it was obviously because you know Disney had made you know, Moana, and that, that, that little girl had never understood that, you know, someone like her could be a princess. And so she had seen, you know, someone like like her portrayed. And so it's <laughs> I, it's funny that you said that because, you know, because you, you have to be able to see something before you can believe it. Most people do. I mean, there's some people that are incredibly self-motivated and they're going to, you know, make it happen. But, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to, you know, like you said, see people that are in successful roles and know that you can get there because, you know, there's hardly anybody that's just, you know, that much more special or talented than anybody else. It's just, they've, they worked their ass off and they're talented and they found, they found an opportunity and they worked for it and they got it. So, you know, you got to be able to see somebody in that position to know that it's possible. So.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I, I was like probably a year or two into my career at Deloitte when I, when it happened. And if you had asked me the day before, like, Hey, does it matter to you if your CEO is a man or a woman or the fact that she was the first ever professional services, um CEO who was female, I would have been like, nah, it doesn't really matter. Um I'm not really trying to be CEO. But the day it happened, like it, it just really impacted me and I was like, this is this was actually much more profound than I think I ever would have would have expected it to be. Just the fact that, huh. you know, if I wanted to do it, it's been done.
2: It could be done. It's yeah.
1: It's attainable. Yeah.
2: Huh. That's awesome. And I've seen you uh, tweet about the leadership at Deloitte a few times because if you don't follow Catherine on Twitter, then you're just making a huge mistake. It's, <laughs> you, you got It's a must follow for anything with IU basketball or Deloitte consulting. I mean, it's a niche market, but it's, it's, it, you're never going to find someone that tweets about Deloitte and IU basketball and better than her. So um it's a must follow if you're into those two markets. So, um, well, so I've seen you. you tweet about that and I've, and I've been, it. i I mean, as I'm as interested as I can be about Deloitte Consulting, which I hope you don't <laughs> take that the wrong way. <laughs> no, that's
1: totally fair. I'm yeah. as interested as I can be about Deloitte Consulting. Yeah,
2: I know. so I don't know a whole lot about that company, so I was I was just as curious as your parents were, perhaps, to find out exactly what you did because uh, consulting is, of course, a you know a very broad umbrella. So, yeah, the only it the only
1: thing I knew is, about
2: consult- yeah the only thing I knew about consulting was that all my wealth, all my like most successful professors that I use were consultants on the side. So um, I always knew that, that it seemed like a great deal to get into if you know, you were um, old wives and successful. So it's nice to know there's a firm as well. So um, all right. So we've kind of talked about your sponsorship and uh, mentoring. And then another thing that we spoke about on the phone before we started recording was um, like internal thoughts that, both men and women have that kind of hold women back in the workforce. And just wanted to know if you could kind of hit on that a little bit more to kind of explain exactly why that's an issue and perhaps ways to overcome it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The overcoming thing is a work in progress, but I don't know what what I've come up with. Um, So the first thing is if you've read a lot of, you know, Lena and several of the other uh, books written by women, they, people, frequently bring up imposter syndrome, um yes. which occurs in both men and women. I think women just um either they talk about it more or um they're more paralyzed by it. But it's the fear of someone finding out that you're just making mm-hmm. it up as you yeah. go along, even when the evidence like points to the fact that you actually sure. are legit and you and you do know yeah, what you're, your you're talking about. Thing. Yeah, yeah, you're you're good, you just don't really believe yourself um, that you're yeah. good. And I think that's something that can really hold women back. You mentioned the, the fact when we talked earlier that if you have an opportunity in a room full of people, both men and women, um, and maybe it's a promotion or, like, it is just a responsibility, women tend to only volunteer if they know they can do it, whereas yeah. men yeah. are a little more comfortable being like, oh, I'll figure that out um yeah and that's so that's I think kind that's of kind of where you see yeah you see you see like the the pay um disparity there because women just don't necessarily advocate for themselves
2: as much yeah and that's kind of like where like a like a like a like a like a privilege comes into like a this is a little broad but like you know and I don't want to get with a too broad a brush but like you know like a man has typically been told his whole life that like you know what he wants he can get and like you're like you'll figure it out, and like you're qualified, and like you deserve it, and like that's just like a a sense of privilege that you know frankly you know that, that that I had growing up, and that I'm sure like many men in the country have had and um so it's and I know typically you talk about privilege more in like you know racial situations, but it 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 sounds like it happens you know very frequently in you know like in the corporate America as well, so um kind of wanted to touch on that too, so.
1: Yeah, and you see it in the media too, like,
2: um, oh, definitely.
1: there, there are plenty of characters, like I can, I can literally remember growing up and, you know me, Hunter, I'll, I'll talk all day, I'm not one to not answer a question in class, but,
2: of course. like, yes.
1: Summer from School of Rock, like we can get some good like, Jack Black <laughs> oh, yeah. on this podcast, yes. that was my only goal, but like, oh, man. I just remember thinking like, don't be Summer, like don't be that annoying oh, don't, person don't who's or whatever, yeah. Yeah, Buffy.
2: Buffy's gotten a lot of traction, traction recently. Uh, I know. I'm going to go to that quick. I, I get that. Of rock, rabbit hole real quick. I'm sorry. Just yes, <laughs> perfect. I remember in sixth grade, Catherine is in fifth grade. You weren't at the movies. Um, but, like, my entire no. sixth grade class <laughs> went to the River Falls. It's probably most of the <sighs> boys. We weren't really talking to ladies then. But we went to the River Falls Theater, <laughs> and we saw – School of Rock, and to this day, it's one of my all-time favorites. And it's not exactly, you know, as very prevalent to the women business, but like you said, you, Summer was portrayed as a bossy person, but Summer ran the damn band. So without Summer, there That's is a School of Rock, and there's some Mr. Schneebly. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had, I had to, had to, you know, I ride or die for School of Rock. I want to see the musical too, so I think it's coming to Louisville. So I'll have to check that out. But keep oh, me um, I know, we, we can get back to the important parts of it. So the stereotypes of a, a woman in charge, they're bossy, um, they're the other B word that probably is yeah. too harsh for us to say on this on this uh, explicit free podcast, so we won't say it. Um, so like those are the stereotypes that you kind of have to fight for, you know, doing whatever a, you know, a man would do without second guessing. And so I, I'm sure that's, you know, something that you probably face almost every day just by like kind of taking charge of the situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like on, on top of the kind of internal questioning that we, that we all go through man, male or female, um, but a little bit probably more female, there's also the kind of cultural external piece that, you know, it depends on your situation and kind of your, your experience. Like I said, I've been very lucky that Deloitte has invested heavily in, in a culture that is supports men and women equally. So, I, I think I'm really, really lucky here, but I'm mm-hmm. still absolutely, uh, I run into the, the mansplaining a fair amount
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. my, my roommates and I will occasionally commiserate over, um, meetings where we, we offer an idea and then someone comes in and says the same idea later and everyone's like, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> especially if it was, if it was a guy <laughs> who said it the yeah. same time. Um, and I don't I don't think it's, it's things that people do on purpose.
2: I had an Uber driver.
1: Yeah, I had, a, I had an yeah, I, had a, I had an Uber driver taking me to, to work probably a few months ago and I had cupcakes. Like I dropped by uh, Marsh, which mm-hmm. Marsh can sponsor this. I had cupcakes <laughs> for my for my boss's birthday. <laughs> and I, the Uber driver was like, Oh, you wanna cup or you got cupcakes? I was like, Yeah, it's my boss's birthday. And um, he goes, "Oh, um, how old is he?" And I was like, eh, it's a she." It's just like kind of <laughs> yeah. implicit like biases that we don't really know we have. Um, that you know, is that the biggest deal? No, but
2: no, it kind of makes you step back time, for like a it second. Kind of goes back to yeah, and and, and it's and it, that guy probably you know you know probably wasn't even you know like a, a sexist or an anti. It wasn't wasn't like a wasn't against feminism or anything like that, but just like something that's, you know, like in his head. And like, you know, I know that millennials now get the term like, you know, snowflake or that they're too affected by words, but you know, like words matter. There's a reason, there's a reason why they're so important. And like, um, I know like our generation can get a bad rap of, you know, being too sensitive about stuff like that, but like that's not about being politically correct. That's just about like, I mean, I don't think it is at least and. um, it's just like, it's just something like, like you said, you got to take a, just have to, you know, value it like, I know, I, I'm kind of not articulating in the way I want to, but like, I mean, words are important and it's not, you know, about making someone feel back with a word, but like, it's just something like they automatically do without thinking about it. And, you know, that's something that you could correct if you just start to think about it.
1: Yeah. And I didn't I didn't call Mal out or like storm out of the car, but it, it goes yeah. back to the you can't be it if you can't see it kind of thing. And Yeah, exactly. Those, I think those messages, they don't matter to me right now. I'm I'm already doing what I wanted to do. But if I was younger or a little more impressionable, it might have it might have rubbed me differently.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's see. So, so I'm yeah, to figure out. Like, Let again, just...
1: I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Go ahead, I'm, I've got a, I've got yeah, a great like... company that I really like, and I'm one of the lucky ones, but it, you still see it more than I
2: think yeah. people realize. Okay. I got you. Well, I'm looking through some of our notes here. And um, I, what I thought was interesting, you sent me an outline earlier, is um, you were kind of saying that it's not just like like a man, um, you know, getting credit for an idea that a woman said earlier, but like you were kind of saying that like sometimes women can hold each other back too. And um, I'm looking through some of our um Looking through some notes I had from Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, which is a book I'm absolutely in love with. And I'm going to read just a quick quote here. It says, obviously, as an adult, I realized this girl-on-girl girl sabotage is the third worst kind of female behavior, right behind saying like all the time and leaving your baby in a dumpster. <laughs> now, of course, of course, baby in the dumpster is the worst. And saying like all the time is, you know, it's, it's a very harsh crime. And so I just wanted to see if, like, you – I know in your company, like you said, your company is very progressive and like, do you see like, where like you think that success for you is taking success away from another one? Like, is that ever something that like gets in your head that you need to get out of your head or like, how do you feel about like competing against other women?
1: Yeah, I, so my, my job is pretty competitive in general, um, against like men and women. So there's, there's definitely kind of a weird piece there. I remember my first year of work, um, our chief talent officer is another kick butt woman. And she, in her kind of like Deloitte Facebook page, as her like headline quote was, she chose, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. And I was like, oh yeah, man, that's aggressive. Like, coming in hot. Um, and I was, I kind of was put off by it for for a little bit and then uh she spoke at a kind of a women's day and explained that quote and it made me realize that women are definitely we're our own harshest critics but we can be each other's harshest critic and mm-hmm. there's not a great reason for that I don't think which is why I think she was you know so strongly advocating like guys this is this is ridiculous why are you being so you know cutthroat or or competitive with each other it doesn't matter um i haven't i haven't seen it as much i think that okay that's good it it goes it goes a lot to you know the the culture of of the time that we live in now and such but i i think at the same time we're we are very probably sensitive to, to, to things like that we're not or I was. I am not, I should say. I am not as used to, to competition since uh, Coach Jimmy Guilfoyle on <laughs> <and> the Providence <laughs> Swim Team. Hunter and I were in a league of our own. There was no competition. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, Hunter and I were <laughs> mostly – no one could compete with us. So our no one did compete with us. But as our, as our fast kick-ass swim, so we had trouble. Right. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, well, I don't so, know if it's just not well,
1: in our nature or what,
2: but – Swimming? Like swimming fastly or doing anything? Swimming
1: fast. also. <laughs> Quickly, also yeah. Confusing. swimming.
2: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm working on training for a triathlon right now, so I'm trying to learn how to swim again. And I can swim, I don't drown when I swim. I don't, I don't know that I swim very fast, but I think I'm, I think I'm probably better now than I was in high school, which is probably sad as a sad state of my physical state in high school, but that's okay. <laughs> that's another story another day. Um, <laughs> I want to throw one more quote out here before we wrap things up, and this is from Lean In also, but it's not a quote from Sheryl Sandberg. It's um, it's from Warren Buffett, and this really stood out to me. Um, he said, like, one of, someone asked, like, one of the reasons why he was so successful, and again, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, because, like, when he was, you know, making his hay, you know, in, in his heyday, he said, I was, well, even now, he said, I'm only competing with half the population, And he didn't say that as a way to, you know, keep women down. He said that as, like, a way, like, you know, like, we need to catch up quickly. And, like, he was, he said one of the reasons, like, he's like, I only had to beat out the guys. Like, he's like, the way things were going up when I was, you know, coming around is that, like, you know, there just weren't women in the workforce. He's like, so my population was cut in half. And I thought that was, like, super, super interesting and um, pertinent to what we were saying because, like, you were earlier talking about how you just you just want things to be, like, equal opportunity. You're not looking for a specific policy to hand you a job. Like, you just want, like, you know, the spade to be called a spade and, like, things to be equal and to go to the best person. So, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know if you had any oh anything to add on that.
1: That's so true. Um, you, you just kind of summed it up perfectly. Like, just equal opportunity let the best person win, but, you know, Give us a give us a equal playing field. I think is for me, and I think women. There's so many things that men are probably by nature better at than women, but they're probably equal. There's a million things that that are yeah better at than men. And um, uh, one of my other favorite quotes is like, if you want to get something done, like give it to a woman because odds are she's multitasking on like a thousand different things, and
2: um, you know. I completely agree. Knocking stuff out. Yeah. Like with my job, I'm an auctioneer in a very small family business. So like my whole life it's always been my mom and my dad and like 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 you said, I mean my mom was like the driving force behind like everything. Like I've just always seen her like, you know, kicking ass and doing doing it all and and same with my dad, but like so it's different for me in a small company like as far as, you know, women in the workforce. I work with uh three women in the office all the time and then me and my dad and my brother. So it's, you know, it's split 50-50. You know, so, you know, in an ideal world, you know, the hair group is, has the 50-50 split, which is great. And like, so my whole <laughs> life, my, my mom is, my mom has just been like always out there getting it. And like, she's always been, so like, I've always had, like, had that strong role model and mentor, like, in my life. So I never really thought anything of it. And like, growing up in, in school, I, I always considered the women like, Smarter and better than me in school. So, like, I, like, I'm with you. Like, there's always just, like, like you said, there's some things that, like, a man is naturally, like, can do things. But, like, I consider, I mean, women just have, like you said, they're already multitasking. So, like, I'm with you. Like, it's just, we, of course, all have our own special skill sets. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm typically going to build my team around a woman first, to be completely honest.
1: So, uh, we
2: I need more choose, people you know. like you, Hunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. All right. Well, Catherine, I thought this was a lot of fun, and I think we even left some meat on the bone if we ever want to do this again. Perhaps if we ever get a better, um, you know, way to record from New Albany to Indianapolis or New Albany to Chicago. So maybe in the future, if we figure out a better way to do that, we can do that. Or if you're ever back in town for an extended period of time, we can meet up and perhaps do one in person. Um, I thought this was a blast. I hope you had a lot of fun doing it.
1: I did. I think we hit every major pop culture movie reference. (laughs) Got Oprah in there. So I think our our work here is done for tonight. But thank you so much for having me.
2: Oh, no. I'd love to get together again. Um, Definitely. So thank you very much. Have a great night. And I will talk to you very soon.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Hunter. Have a good night.
0: See ya. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know you're doing it, promoting good. Now please stick around for the podcast in review. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the podcast in the review. This was a very fun episode with one of my good friends, Catherine Finn. Uh, one of the uh, main topics of interest was the difference between mentorship and sponsorship. We also tackled um, an the imposter syndrome, which is something that I'm sure we've all suffered from in parts of our life. And then, but what I want to really, really want to kind of focus the interview on was um, kind of the books we uh, spoke in passing on. I just kind of want to give you the names of them so you can uh, keep in mind, perhaps read in the future. First was Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg, who is of course the COO of Facebook. That's more of a traditional uh, book on business, uh, specifically women in business. But uh, I enjoyed it as a man. I think you all, I think anyone would like it. It uh, provides great insight, and at the very least, gives um, some insight into um, one of the key figures of Facebook, which is a big part of much of our, many of our lives. Um, book number two was Yes Please by Amy Poehler, which is hilarious, and um, it's kind of uh, autobiographical, a memoir, and it's just very funny. If you're a big Amy Poehler fan like I am, uh, you'll love that book. A must read. And then one of the third books we alluded to was uh, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey, another great and funny book, a memoir, uh, autobiographical book by Tina Fey. Again, if you're a big 30 Rock or SNL fan, again, like I am, uh, you'll really enjoy it. Uh, those are three books that I read that I really felt gave me a uh, greater insight into um, you know, women in general and women in their professional lives. Um, I thought they were all beneficial to me. I enjoyed each one of them. Uh, yes, please, in Bossy Pants. I won't lie; are more an, an enjoyable read just because uh, they're written by two, uh, you know, incredible performers. Where, where Lean In is also very good. It's just a little bit more, a um, little bit more business and a little bit more dry. But I think you'll really enjoy that as well. So, three great books that Catherine and I alluded to that I kind of wanted to specifically highlight. Um, I hope you all check those out. I hope you enjoyed this. Sh- particular episode of Maximize Today Podcast, and we look forward to uh, getting you back for episode seven. Thank you very much, and I have an excellent morning, afternoon, or evening. Goodbye now.